Look out. Boom, boom, shake, shake the room, Camo. We are back. As we always say at the beginning of our episodes, boom, boom, <laughs> shake, shake the room. <laughs> you are listening to Charging Stallion Presents. News we like. My name's Cam. My name's Tim, and it's, it's good to be back at this again, Cam. It's exciting. I'm pumped up. Yeah, I love this new studio that you got for the podcast. Yep, just solely for the podcast. <laughs> And you and Shell just happen to live here as well. Yeah, we're living in the podcast. It's, yeah. uh, in the podcast studio, it's quite it's quite nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. So just moved to uh, to Seddon back out on the west side, and yeah. and it's nice, man. Going from an apartment in Brunswick, which was which was sick, because Brunswick's a sick place to live. Yeah, and there's just so many bars and things going on there. It was good, but it's nice to have a house for the same price. Yeah, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's nice to have a backyard and it's just, and it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having a proper, proper home again is real nice. Yeah, man. I bet. And you're pretty close to your favorite place, I reckon, in the world, Yarraville. <laughs> I love Yarraville. You do, it? man. But I, I love those. I was actually there last night. We went and saw um, Dr. Sleep. Oh, how was it? Uh, I thought it was terrible. Okay. And- <laughs> <laughs> so it's the it's the sequel to The Shining, yeah. and um, and it was it was shot really really well. Mm. Like it was shot in that sort of similar style of um, those sort of long pants from the first season of True Detective and stuff like okay, that, yeah. and like really good um, like fade in and outs into shots. It was really cool, yeah. But the storyline was fucking garbage. Ah, yeah, it just really? didn't make any sense. Like these people had powers and shit, and then you're like, oh, okay, like they've got powers, but they didn't explain anything. Yeah. So maybe because it's off a book, I think, right? Yeah. Maybe if you read the book and you knew the backstory, maybe they assumed that people knew that. Yeah. No one reads anymore. <laughs> <laughs> people listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Move over, Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's good to be it's good to be out here and uh, done with done with uni for for the for the year, and it's it's nice, man. Yeah, man. Good yeah. On, yeah. Um, and you are about to go to Vietnam for your birthday. And sorry, I can't make it. Oh, dude, it's um. Well, you're you're about to go on a on a holiday holiday as well. It's holiday yeah, season. You're off back to New Zealand for a wedding. Yeah, for my friend Margot's wedding. It'll be nice. Her and Jamie are getting married. Um, I'm gonna go see my parents. Hopefully, it lasts. Fifty <laughs> percent of marriages these days, dude. The stats don't lie. <laughs> I named them. Don't don't give a. <laughs> If I just said I'm going back for a wedding, it's okay to say that. Um. No, I know Margot. She's a great girl. I'm sure. I'm sure she's she's uh, doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't sound genuine, but it was. <laughs> um, yeah, man, Vietnam in in I think it's like just two weeks time. Yeah, and uh, we leave the. You started the, planning a year and a half ago. Yeah, ages ago, <laughs> and because I made a Facebook uh, event page and just copped so much heat from people for for doing something a year and a half and. You know what? So be it. Yeah. How and, many uh, people from the original invite are going to make it? <laughs> we got, we've got about eight of us. That's huge, man. It's awesome. Like, don't but play I invited that about 140 people. <laughs> but, <laughs> so the stats aren't good, but, but eight's, still, eight's still good. Eight is huge. Like there's probably – like there would be birthdays I've had where like less people have shown up when the, yeah. it's like a suburb away. Yeah. To get eight people to fly themselves to Vietnam. It's pretty good. It's a big deal. Yeah, You've done well. It's, it's awesome, man. We're going to, so we're, we're spending my 30th birthday in my favorite, um, my favorite city in the world apart from Melbourne. Mm. And it's called Dalat. It's up in the mountains of, of, of Vietnam. Is that where your Vietnamese mother is? Yeah. <laughs> 
I love that you know that I call her that. <laughs> yeah, man. She's my Vietnamese mom. She's the best. When I was there for um, my birthday two years ago, with I was over there with my mom, mm. and it was just the two of us going going through Vietnam together. Um, for a bit of back reference for the listeners, my mom, she she had like a, a hard year and then I was just like, let's go on a holiday. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, we can go to Tasmania, New Zealand. We're going deep Asia, mum. Yeah. And she and we went out there and she was she was like smoking shisha with me and shit. It was a fucking great time. Cool, man. man. And um, and we we stayed in Dalat and um, uh, I was there for my birthday with just my mum and then me, the Vietnamese mum, she invited all her family to my birthday dinner. Yeah. And so I had like this like Vietnamese family birthday party. It was yeah. fucking the best. Yeah, man. But yeah, man, like real. Does she know you're going to be hitting there for this birthday? No. You're so surprising your I'm Vietnamese I'm surprising mom. her, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm just going to rock up and and um, and and just party there for, for three days. The last time we were there, because um, our friend, I've been there three times now. Last time I was there, she was like, "Oh, you just drink for free," and I was like, yeah. "No, I was like, no, because I'm going to be here for four days. Like, you got to take some of my money." She's like, "No, no, no," yeah. and I ended up just having to like sneak money into places to give to her because she's like, she's like, "No, you drink into for crevices free. in the wall." Yeah, dude. And I was like, and I was drinking like I drank like a bottle of whiskey one night, and I was like, "You got to take some money." I just drank <laughs> a whole bottle of whiskey. <laughs> you menace. <laughs> yeah, man, can't wait to get back over to Vietnam. Have you, have you done Asia before? I've been to Malaysia. I went on a oh, work yeah. trip to Kuala Lumpur. Um, yeah, and I just went to a cave full of monkeys and I like... Was that cool? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, man. It was real last minute. Like my, it was meant to be my bosses were going to this on this work trip. This was a few years ago. And then for some reason, they just suddenly decided they didn't want to because the client was Malaysia Airlines. Right. Uh, and but it, nothing had happened at that point. Like they hadn't lost any planes. Oh, this is before this is pre, the, the flight went yeah, down. Man. Yeah, yeah. So my my bosses were well, just they like, were right that I guess. yeah they had <laughs> intuition. <laughs> they were trying to off me. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes together. Um, yeah, no. Nah, so that's all. I've been went to Kuala Lumpur for the weekend. All right. Well, if you're joining us for the first time ever, it's an odd. Episode to join number fifty three, you weirdo. <laughs> go, go back to number one at least. Uh, but what Timmy and I do is we lightly browse our news feeds and anything that stands out to us that we think, you know what, I'm going to tell Timmy that, or he thinks I'm going to tell news. Cam that. That's kind of news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amusing to me. I'll I'll mention that to Cam rather than just mention it to each other. We set up recording equipment. We take a night out of our schedule and we share that conversation with you. We do. We've had times where the recording equipment hasn't worked. And Too it's just, many times. It's just been the two of us just having a weird style of conversation to each other with microphones, but no one else ever hears it. <laughs> <laughs> In a way, that's just what a normal conversation is, but with le- like it's so structured. Mm. Like, I'll have a turn, you have a turn, I'll have a turn. Imagine if that's how all your conversations were before you started one. It's like, this is going to be the structure of this conversation <laughs> and this is how it's going to go. I've got three stories. Have you got three stories? <laughs> And then at the end, like one of us has to read out a good news. And yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, all right. Who's who's going to kick off? It's been a while. And thank you for bearing with us. Mm. Um, I know we've had a break. Uh, Timmy moved house. I watched The Bachelor and made a series on my Instagram of me reviewing, recapping The Bachelor uh, with our friend Sean Kirkwood. Follow him on social media. 
and we've just been flat out. So thank you for being yeah. patient. Also, also uh, uh, wrote and recorded a, a short film that, um, that that's going to be out sometime next year. So that's that's also also exciting. And yeah, we've been busy, man. Yeah, man. We've been busy, but it's good to be back here, dude. It's yeah. good to be back podcasting again. I've missed it. Yeah. I haven't seen your short film. Uh, do you think you'll have, sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah. Do you think you'll have a screening or? I think we will. I think, yeah. I think that it'll be, it'll be, we'll definitely do it somewhere. And yeah, there's enough cool. small cinemas around, around Melbourne. We'd be able to work yeah. one out for the night, you know, and, and, um, but definitely, definitely awesome. would like to do it. Cool. Man. Can't wait to see it, bro. Oh, one thing I was, before we jump into the news stories, yeah. one thing I was going to ask you about, mm. you did the, um, the 48 hour film thing. I find yeah. this super interesting. Do you just want to quickly explain? Yeah. Explain that. So uh, 48 Hour Film Festival, if you haven't heard of it, basically you turn up and you get briefed on a Friday night. They tell you this is a genre. There's three genres you can choose. You have to use this prop in your film. You have to include this line of dialogue and you have to have your film written, shot and edited and back to us within 48 hours. So Just gnarly. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And so I made a short film with my friends Justine and Davey, Fuzzsucker, mm-hmm. and the Tassie Fish Boys, who I made a short film about selfies with a few years ago. Yep. And it was heaps of fun, um, and it involved a man with a knife. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Were you the man with the knife? No. Oh. Uh, Justine and I play an unhappy couple, and yep. then we – get a, a visitor who has a knife oh yeah a stranger's kind of kind of vibe yeah also it's horror uh horror. it's like un, unnerving i'm trying to think of that movie where there's a home invasion but they have lots of conversations uh these blonde guys in tennis outfits turn up <laughs> Is um, it horror? yeah and a guy called mark michael haneke made two versions of it he made one in swedish and then he made it again 20 years later in american right uh, it's got Naomi Watts in the American one. I don't know. I can remember every detail but the name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's oh, it's called Funny Games. Yeah. So it's more. It's kind of like that where it's like unsettling kind of horror, but also comedic moments in the dialogue. Yeah. So so we sounds made a awesome, short film. man. Is that is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I was just uh, exactly that, man. Yeah. I was just I'm just so interested. That did you guys sleep at all in the 48 hours? I think us as the actors kind of had it the best. Yeah. So Tommy and Alex, the guys that are because they, they edited boys, as well. They wrote it all yeah. Friday night, like through the night. Then they filmed from like Saturday afternoon until one in the morning, Sunday morning. And then Alex just edited from one in the morning till like midday the next day. True. That's so full on. Yeah, bro. So Tommy and Alex went real hard. Us actors were kind of cushy about it. We're like from Saturday afternoon till like Saturday night and we were fine. Um, But yeah, they did good. I I actually thought you were going to bring this up because I remember thinking it. It's weird that you and I took some time, not like a break, but we weren't podcasting and Mm. we um, like had a bit of, time apart from stallion stuff and what we both did in our own time was make short films about dudes with knives yeah it's weird (laughs) (laughs) two peas in a pod eh because your your short films about a guy with a knife too right play that dude (laughs) yeah yeah so that's that's real weird it is real that's what happens when we don't create together man we go off and make weapon movies We gotta keep each other on. We do man. on we a more keep, entertaining. We need to keep control of this train. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Let's do this weekly from now on. <laughs> Small Italian towns are selling homes for just one euro to fight depopulation. Do you have a dream of 
a life sipping Prosecco from your balcony overlooking Tuscan hills or idly walking down the road from your coastal cottage in Sicily? Mm. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, well, for a man called Mark, it cost him a dollar sixty-two to buy a house in Italy. The thirty-two-year-old guy from Adelaide recently picked up a three-story building in the city uh, of Musomali, Sicily, for just one euro. He said, two years ago, I sold everything in Australia, my house, my car. I got rid of all my possessions and I went traveling to Europe. I was away for a year when my cousin rang me and he had read an article on CNN saying they were giving away houses in Sicily for a dollar. And I thought this can't be real. It sounded too good to be true, but it turns out that the city of Musamali uh, made things easy. Um, Basically, he went over there, bought this three-story house for $1.62. Three stories. <laughs> three-story house. <laughs> the population of the town is 10,000 people. He said driving in, the country roads are very windy, but it's beautiful. Fruit trees everywhere, oranges, lemons. It has so much character, but there is one catch. And that's that while these properties are being sold for one euro or $1.62, there's a man in the, gov- <laughs> in the city council there called... Totty and Totty makes <laughs> he makes buyers when they get there and buy one of these dollar sixty two houses he makes them promise him <laughs> that they'll restore the properties that they've bought and they'll do them up which obviously comes at its own cost but on average this is costing people at least forty grand wow each which is quite a bit more than a dollar 62. Can you can you get a, can you get around it where it's just like, oh yeah, we're going to fix it up but you just start with the front yard and it just takes you it just takes you like a year to do it and then you're like fuck it I'm out because when you think about a dollar 60, right? How yep. much would you spend on accommodation when you go on a holiday for 2 weeks, you know, you're looking at a $1000. Yep. Even if you would just wanted to go on a holiday, mm. buy that place for a buck, stay there for six months, and yep. then just do the front yard. And just really <laughs> gradually be sweeping anytime Totty's walking past. <laughs> but then you could just give it to somebody. It's a dollar yeah. sixty two. You sell just it on like, to the next person. Yeah. You'd yeah. be like, hey, have a free house. Yeah, whatever. Nice. But I would be putting zero money into it. Yeah. I'd be I would like Totty wouldn't like us. <laughs> <laughs> Toddy would not be happy. Yeah. Do you reckon? He, do you reckon he's uh, that sort of guy from uh, like Scotty from the Block? Have you ever watched the? Have you ever watched the TV show The Block? Where Has they he have the to... guy's been in trouble recently. I don't know. Hey. I don't watch normal news. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. It is weird that I know who Totty is, but not Scotty off an Australian. <laughs> Um, what does he do? Is he just a handyman? Yeah, so he's like the handyman. He was also on this um, famous Australian show back in the day called Backyard Blitz. Okay. And it was with this other guy, Jamie Jury, who used to be a stripper and then became like the host of this um, uh, backyard um, uh, show where they'll pick someone that's deserving to get their backyard redone yeah. and then do it in a weekend and they come home uh, and they're yeah. like, oh, we're so happy we've got a backyard. Yeah. Yeah. And then, But on the show, The Block... <laughs> He's <laughs> got a backyard. <laughs> the little things. And then on the on the block, which is the show where they have to they all have a house or an apartment, and they have to fix it up and then some like at the end they get the money when they sell it. Yeah. Um, or they get the money over a certain point. Yep. Um, and then he's the dude that like rolls around and he's just like, Well, you can't do this, you can do ah. this. 
Yeah, he's the he's the swinging dick. Yeah, yeah. And is he a qualified builder, or he's just got? He's super qualified builder. Okay. We had a friend, so we've got a friend. I won't mention his name, but we've got a friend who's met Scotty from from the block, mm. and he said a couple of things. One that he just punches darts like a like it's going out of fashion. See, I, I just... kind of think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I've liked about the sound of this guy. And that his wife's real rude. Ah, oh. yeah. <laughs> Trying to de-stress. Which, which kind of makes sense why he smokes so yeah. many darts. Yeah. I'll see you in a minute, love. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do you reckon Toddy's that kind of vibe? Yeah, man, for sure. I reckon he's he works for the city council, but I bet he spends a lot of time walking around the properties that he knows he's sold for a dollar sixty-two. Yeah, and he, so we had this when when we were living just down the road in Yarraville, we had that neighbor who was the the dad of the of the guy that owned of the the owned our house. Yeah. Our landlord. And he was this old, old Greek dude and he 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 didn't really speak English. Mm. And he used to just walk into our yard um and just start like pruning trees. And he was stuff. actually on your property. Yeah, he'd come in and you'd wake up in the you'd wake up in I, I got I, I was homesick one day and my housemate called and she's like, Tim, I really want to go out in the front yard, but the old Greek man's out there pruning. Can you tell him to go away? And I just walk out and be like, Oi, get out of here. Yeah, I got quite stern to And how did the he end. take it? Um he like always well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, was he good. knew he, he was in the right. Yeah, but then he still comes back. <laughs> like a stray dog. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> He's probably there right now. Definitely. NFL black cat that stormed football pitch in the US is still on the run. A black cat that found fame after delaying a Monday night NFL game between the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys is still on the run. Multiple humane traps have been set up through the MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. <coughs> Excuse me. But attempts to find the feline haven't been fruitful so far. In the statement, the stadium said, we are hopeful that together we can find the black cat that we all fell in love with. Now, there's a picture cam of the black cat running across the football pitch. It's Good boy. Awesome. Um, the reason I chose this story, right, is because it sort of brought up these old um, memories of mine when mm. I was younger where it's like this cat's living in a football stadium. Yeah. So everyone goes home at night and it's and there's and there's nothing there. Might be some security guards doing the perimeter or whatever. He's got this whole stadium yeah. to his ha- to his to to himself. Like it's, it's his home. It's it is mansion. <laughs> and did you have like a place when you were younger? Was was yours like a mall? Was yours like the supermarket or or like um an indoor like playland? Like where was your thing that was just like wow, like if I could if I could be here after hours. Uh, out the back of a dairy. So <laughs> New Zealand <laughs> New Zealanders call milk bars dairies. And yeah. I remember like sometimes you'd go to a dairy, actually realizing it now, like most dairies were connected to houses. And sometimes you'd see a kid whose life you just wanted because you're like, oh, that's oh. the son or daughter of a dairy owner. And I just used to imagine like that means that when the mum goes to bed mm. – the dairy is just your pantry. Yeah. So you, you just, just walk in there and just take whatever. Eat you a want. Mars bar, eat a K bar, mm. eat a like sour lollies, eat sour snakes, eat some CCs, and then just go back to bed. Yeah. That actually sounds like a great life. Yeah. 
I think for me, I would I was always the zoo. Yeah. For me, the zoo was because the zoo has a little bit of danger to it as well. You know mm. what I mean? The zoo, the zoo has excitement that way, where it's not just it's not just you get to roam around and be free when no one's there, and and also in a place where when have you ever gone to the zoo and there's just not heaps of fuckers everywhere? Yeah, you know man. What I mean? It's a pain in the fucking ass, and those kids that that you like that stand right at the front of the monkey bit and you can't get close enough to see down there and they line it all up in the front and then you and you go, all right, well, I'll just do the right thing and I'll wait and let them go past mm. a little bit and then the next group of kids comes up. Yeah. It's fucking infuriating. Yeah, man. <laughs> there should be adults only time. Oh, dude, an adults only zoo would be fantastic and like you could walk around with a with a few drinks or whatever. Mm. Or or like they take you or even um in a golf if you go around in golf carts. Yeah. That would be perfect. Yeah, man. And they like they offer to drive you, like they have a person if you want, or you can just allocate <laughs> a friend, one of your mates. Do you know what I got allocated to do, which I think I should have had more training recently? Yeah. I started a new job recently. They had like a team building day and they're like, we're going on these big boats out onto the Yarra. Oh, I think I was telling you about this the yeah, other day. Yeah, dude. I, they, they, you need training. You should have training for those things. We got there. I was like, oh, wow. Like they look like uh, bumper boats. They're kind of like an inflatable tire, but they each one fits eight to ten people. And they're like, who's who's planning to drink the least? And I was, I just put my hand up because I don't drink. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be drinking. They're like, all right, you're the captain of this boat. Um, <laughs> we're going to just tell you before you head off in two minutes, we're going to tell you how to control the boat. I was like, what? Yeah. And then they just load, they chuck a life jacket on me. They're like, okay, uh, hold this pole, twist here, pull that to accelerate, uh, push it in to um, – to decrease it. If you see a boat coming in your path and get out of the way, the way of the boat, I was like, whoa, whoa, too much. I've never. <laughs> and you didn't know that you were going to be doing that. that no, day I either. went there just thinking, oh, I'm going to be at a team building event and not drinking. Like I was yeah. just thinking that'll be the challenge. And you're just going to be sitting there and just be like, all right, I'll have some conversations, but nah, yeah. you've got people's lives in your hands. Yeah, man. And so like <laughs> we get started and I was, I let the other boat take off first and I was like, okay, maybe if I just follow behind, I can do it kind of gently. But everyone on my boat was like, go left, Cam, go left. I was like, I'm tr it goes the opposite way to what you put the rudder as well. So but anyway, yeah, nothing nothing too bad happened. Like I didn't crash it into anything. But I think they should tell you a bit more information. Definitely, because I once captained those same boats. Yeah. And I um I was at a birthday party and it was it was like, Oh, we need three captains and I was like, Oh, you're not allowed to drink and I'm like, Well, are they going to be doing any drug testing there? Probably not. So I got super baked. Yeah. Super baked. And then I got there and I was like, mm, I got too stoned for this. And then oh. I, cause I got paranoid when there, cause I was the same thing, but I was like super, super baked. And then they were like, okay, so <laughs> this is how you do it. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. See you later. I'm just like, hmm, this is not good. <laughs> But I was too paranoid to even ask because I'm like, because then he's going to know that I'm baked. And I'm yeah. like, so I just got to nod and say, yeah, I know how to do this. And I get the boat and I'm just like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah and then when I was coming back in off the off, off the water to like the, the docking station, mm. I didn't break like like nearly soon enough because you meant to go in re reverse, right? Is that like you I see? didn't. I but I don't know. Probably. Did you smash into the into the thing as well? Nah, by the time I returned, I'd gotten the hang of it. Oh, so yeah. I like like gently came in. I drove it. You, <laughs> <laughs> you just rev it yeah. in. I just I just revved it up and, and then and then I was just like, oh there's no brakes on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then come boom. Yeah, <laughs>
Rats enjoy driving small cars. Learning to drive small cars helps rats feel less stressed out, scientists have just told us. Researchers at the University of Richmond in the States taught a group of 17 rats how to drive tiny plastic cars in exchange for cereal. The study leader, Dr. Kelly, said the rats felt more relaxed during the task, a finding that could help with the development of non-pharmaceutical treatments for mental illness. Dr. Lambert and her colleagues built tiny little electric cars by, t- <laughs> by attaching a clear plastic jar to an aluminium plate fitted to a set of wheels. And then there's three copper wires threaded horizontally across the jar. And if the rat gently yanks on one, it'll go one way. Gently yanks on the other, it'll go the other way. And then uh, the middle wire is the brakes. Uh, after months of training, the rats learned not only how to make their vehicles move, but they also learned um, different directions with those wires. Some of the rats in the experiment had been raised in the lab, while others had lived uh, in enriched environments and they had more natural habitats. The rats raised in the enriched environments, the ones that were allowed outside of the lab, were better drivers than the ones who had lived in the lab the whole time. After the trials, researchers collected the rat species to test for stress hormones, uh, and all of the rats had higher levels of a word that I can't say, which they think <laughs> could be linked to the satisfaction. Oh, so it's a good chemical. So all of the rats that had good chemicals in their feces, they think it's linked to the fact that those rats felt extremely satisfied because they learnt a new skill. <laughs> yeah, I get behind that. Yeah. I think that it's one thing I find super hilarious with this story is that if you take, right, <clears throat> if you had a warehouse, a full-sized warehouse, yep. and you had um, down one of the warehouse, the the rat home where they live and everything like that, and then you had um, sort of uh, down the other end like a shop where they would could go get their food and everything okay, yeah, like that, yeah. and then maybe somewhere where they go to the bathroom or whatever, and they're driving to all these separate situations. <laughs> You've created a little rat village, I have a proper structured rat yeah. village. Yeah, man. It freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, true. Because that's 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 putting in like the, teaching a rat how to drive yeah. is the first stage of, of sort of that I've sort of seen of, of teaching them, oh, like this is – a really huge, like you're giving them a human thing mm. and they've, and then they release this chemical and they're like, yeah, I can do it. I and can drive really, a car. I, really I know heaps of people that don't know how to drive a car. Yeah. And these rats do. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, man. Do you think it's a worry? Like, do you think that we need to stop now? Like, is it okay that we taught them that? No, I think that, see, AI freaks me out more because of, like sort of the size and damage mm. that 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 um that AI could do. Rats are still like check out a rat trap and they're fucked, you know. What, what would you need to hear that a rat had done mm. that would make you go, Oh, I am concerned about what they're capable of, like sent an email or like they'd just started sleeping in beds under the covers with using the pillows for for their heads or I think for me it would be if like one of their handlers died mm. and the way that um, they they killed the handler that they didn't get caught. Yeah. And obviously, but then I wouldn't know. But if, if I was the only one that if didn't know that. If all of the proof that, kind of pointed to yeah. the fact that a rat had um, 
that had plotted yeah. for its owner to die. But they didn't have enough evidence to actually pin it on the rat. Yeah. Then I'm just like, okay, now I'm nervous. Yeah, man. Yeah. Once they because start- not only are they capable of murder, but they're capable of covering their tracks. Oh, yeah. 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 That would be, yeah, I reckon that would probably be number one for me. Yeah, man. And obviously, like, talking to, so that's the next thing is, like, when is an animal, like, another animal, and, and this is happening, like, with AI now, it's mm. like having conversation yeah. with um, with something that's not human, That that that's weird. Oh, like when when it gets to the point that we're having conversations, mm. yeah, yeah. Like if we could have a, um, and and I know that they did stuff where it was like they had um, like chimpanzees and stuff could like understand. I think it was like a two hundred word vocabulary or something. Oh, like that. yeah. But that doesn't freak me out as much because they're kind of just a, a less formed version of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. If you found out a rat was communicating mm. somehow, yeah. I already don't really like. Rats that much, but have mm. you met like pet? Have you ever had someone that had, met someone that had a pet rat? Right? Yeah, yeah. And did you like it? Uh yeah. I'm quite good with rodents. Mm. Like, I got a mouse for myself out of the compost. <laughs> <laughs> when? <laughs> Ages ago, but uh, yeah. my dad made me give it back because I <laughs> give back it. Back to the cop post. Yeah, you have this, sorry. <laughs> because, because I was keeping it in an ice cream cart in the pantry. So I guess that's bad. But um, Oh, you kept it with the food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a guy got to decide with your dad on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, to be, be honest, I... Rodents don't give me the creeps. I think some people get the like ooh feeling that a cockroach gives me. Mm. But for me, I see a rat with a face and I hear like, oh, they're driving. And to me, I'm like, oh, that's intelligent and it's furry, so it's cute. Maybe if it was hairless, I'd be more afraid. For me, animal-wise, it's anything that has the ability to just spring at you, like Ah. those jumping spiders or a snake when you see a snake, like just throw themselves through the air. That shit freaks me out. Yeah. Because – if, if it's an animal that doesn't do that and you got your 10 metres or whatever, it's just like, well, he's just yeah. doing his thing, I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. But but to be honest, it would have to be a bear or a lion or something, right? Just like an – because we don't ever think about that. Mm. Imagine if – imagine – because the only thing that we sort of have here that, that, that really would be really scary to have an encounter with is like a, a huge crocodile. Uh, you, that's the only one that would scare you. I reckon, like snakes and spiders and stuff. Not, not unless I was, unless I was in a car. Maybe if I was driving in a car and there was like a big brown snake in the car, I'd be fucking <laughs> terrified. But if it was, if it was in the backyard or whatever, I'd be like, okay, I can, I, oh, I can, yeah. I can be fine. I can get myself out of this. But if it was a crocodile in your fucking backyard, nah, because that's a dinosaur. Does and dude, they run so fucking fast. Yeah, they run so fast. Yeah. Reptiles' faces, eh? Like, do they have to be that scary? Dude, you know, have you ever seen a turtle's face? <laughs> dude, it looks oh, like, like I've seen it. I've never really dude, thought about it. There are some turtles that have snake heads. For, oh, yeah. yeah, so they look like the, if you chopped their head off. Yeah. I'm not saying you should do that, but if you did. If, you did if chop, I saw one of these <laughs> yeah. ones, I would. If, you, if, if, it, if it was, if you just had chopped its head off and you just saw the head, you'd be like, oh, that looks like a snake head. 
Ah, uh, see, I'm picturing like the classic turtle with the beak sort of thing. The big like, tortoise sort of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're cool. I like yeah. those. I didn't know there were ones with snake faces. Well, that was the first time that I went stone to the zoo when um <laughs> came up with the idea for Sue Gill. Yeah. That was, that was, um, I was getting freaked out by those turtles. They were like all around the place and I was so bait and I was just like, mm, there's a snake turtle following Are you sure you weren't around. looking at the tail? <laughs> <laughs> well, I very well could be because I went to, I, I, I went to, uh, when I went into the, to the uh, hippos, it was like, oh, there's the baby, there's the new attraction at the zoo, zoo, the baby hippo. Yeah. And I went in there and there was fucking people everywhere in my defense. Okay. Before I tell the story in my defense, there's a lot of people there. And I see this hippo and I'm like, oh man, like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, it's big baby. Like I, I wonder where it's I wonder where his mother is around, you know. What I mean, I'm just like it's like that was anyway, we the others see the turtle, uh, sorry, the the hippo, we keep walking along and I'm like, man, that hippo was was a fucking huge baby. And Caro I meant was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like def- definitely not as big as the mother. I'm like, oh, the mother. And I just thought that the mother was the baby hippo <laughs> the whole time. And I'm like, man, that baby looks weathered already. <laughs> and when we were in there looking at the hippo, there was this kid, like this young 10-year-old kid that that walks up to Caro and then just cups his hand into like a into like a, a cupping shape and just goes up and holds her vagina. <laughs> like, no, the kid wasn't 10. He must have been younger than 10. He was like a boy. Like it was like four or five a maybe. Lad. Yeah, like a little. And then, and then, and then Caro just goes, okay, <laughs> just grabs his head, like gives it back to his, his mother and just walks out of there. Yeah, man. Yeah. What a little grub. I guess like he just probably doesn't know. It's for four. Mm, I don't know. Eh? Four's a little too old, eh? Three, two. Yeah, hand grab, I forgive. <laughs> <laughs> a German couple claimed they were kicked off a cruise for loud sex. A German couple is suing a cruise line after being kicked off a ship for allegedly making too much noise while having sex. The duo, who only identified as Renette and Volker, say that they were on the first day of a two-week Caribbean holiday with Tui Cruises. Uh, the couple say they forgot to close the balcony door and admit and admit that to, they could be quite vocal. <laughs> then afterwards, they got into a loud fight, <laughs> although they say there was no violence or damage to the room. Uh, they were left stranded in Barbados and had to fork out thousands of dollars for new flights. Uh, a spokeswoman for Tui Cruises told the newspaper that due to a security-related incident, we asked the guests to leave the ship. Uh, so this this um, this reminded me of. Well, firstly on this one, what do you reckon with the? Do you reckon they deserve to get kicked off the off the ship for 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 having like a loud? They they probably almost definitely abused the staff when they came up there as well, though. Yeah, right? yeah, I think that. Um separate them like they're loud when they're happy they're loud when they're mad together is the thing that's the same so put one of them in the basement when the brig <laughs> or you could flip a call you could just do it right there and there yeah. just like have 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 the the, the the door to the balcony is already open stand them both on the balcony flip a coin someone yeah. call it the loser off yeah. you go yeah man yeah and probably yeah. fix their relationship too. The other person can move on. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is pretty drastic to leave them in a different country. <laughs> <laughs> one, so one of my brother's mates, um, he they, they all went on a, 
or went on a big cruise and uh, it's a, it's, it sort of goes up um, past Queensland to Vanuatu mm. and the islands around there. Yep. And uh, they were just outside Vanuatu and the night before he got um, caught peeing off the side of the boat ah. of, and he got put in the brig and the next day kicked off in Vanuatu and said, sort yourself, so this sort is, yourself out. This is the style of cruise staff. They just yeah. leave you, if you've, if you've offended them, they just leave you in a country that it's up to you to get away. There's very little fucking around with some people on a on a on a cruise ship, eh? Yeah. Um, we because I went on a I went on a cruise uh, when I was I so I just moved to Melbourne. I was 22 and I'd been here two months, and then we'd already booked the cruise, and so I yeah. flew up to Queensland. We went, and there was four of us in one room, and it was raucous and and just a, a bit a bit out of control. Mm. Three of us ended up in the in the cruise hospital in the infirmary. So Whoa. Josh was the first one uh, to get sent there. He had drunk so much booze and got seasick that he vomited so hard that he blew all the blood vessels in his eyes, both his eyes, which is did he look completely evil? Yeah, dude, it was fucked up. <laughs> and so he had to go down there and get sorted. Then the next the next day. We were getting wasted in the cabin before we were about to go out to one of the bars mm. and one of my mates threw um, Hubbard, he threw a formal shoe across across the room and it hit me in the in the in the eye in the eyebrow and I start like pissing out but because because it's those shoes that have the wooden the wooden bottom on it and so I start pissing out but and then I fucking lose it because I used to because one of the other boys is like oh dude you're going to have to get stitches and you're not going to be able to swim. And I was furious. It's a snarkier move to throw a formal shoe <laughs> yeah. versus a sneaker. A big type. Like there's harm meant. Formal shoes fuck people up. And I know I got cut over, but I had to go down there and they just ended up gluing it, gluing it shut. And then on the, on the, on the second last night, the very last night, the guy that threw the formal shoe at me, mm. he's at the, he's at the nightclub, right? And he's in the bathrooms and he's feeling good. He's like, he's like, yeah, things are good. And he has it. He has his uh, glass and he slams it down on the on the yeah. bench and it breaks. And he goes, oh, whatever, and, and goes back out to the dance floor. And then while he's on the dance floor, he sees his hand, sees that it's completely cut open and bleeding, and he faints. <laughs> At the middle of the dance floor in the disco, and they have to stop the music and everything. Whoa! And get him taken down to the infirmary. <laughs> You guys wreaked havoc on that boat. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. One of the other guys, he almost ended up in there too, Chrissy. Um, there was a chick from Bundaberg that tried to glass him. <laughs> they were having a really big verbal argument on the like in the in the bar area that she fully throws a glass at him and misses. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was lots of fun. That's wild, man. Have you ever done a cruise before? No, I'm not 59. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's the crazy thing is it's like because it, it's a mixture when you go on them because you think like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of young people going on. It's just going to be young people, but it's not. Like yeah. there's, it's it's a big, big mixture of, of different people. It's, I am actually open to it. I, I feel like in the last couple of years there's been cruise ship punk gigs, like not just in Australia yeah. but overseas as well where they'll like put a few bands like Weezer, yeah. Jimmy Eat World and stuff That'd be onto fun. a boat. And I feel like that would be fun. But, yeah, up until, like, they started doing that, I kind of thought of cruise ships more as, like, pre-retirement homes. Yeah. Yeah. There's heaps of bars on them, though, and you can 
and um, you can have a pretty good time yeah. drinking. And I do love that you get to eat at a buffet for seven days. Yeah, true. It's just something about buffets, man. Um, yeah. It's just you can be so indulgent just eating so much food. Did you have like a all-you-can-eat fast food chain? In Valentine's. You? Valentine's. Yeah, they Is had that- a margarine, a different margarine sculpture every week. <laughs> that would be about as big as me. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And could you like take some of the margarine yeah. off the actual sculpture. But you weren't supposed to. So the artist oh, yeah. was like, it was his pride and joy. So he saw it as like, if somebody like ripped a page out of one of your scripts. Yeah. He was like, no, that's my material. I don't know. If someone was going to eat a page of my script, I'd be okay with, be it. Right with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever take off the margarine statue? Yeah. You did. Yeah. Like, you feel like it's a, it's like a red, big red button that they're saying don't touch. So, yeah. you, so you just be over near it. You'd be like, I'm just like, I wouldn't eat it, but you just like touch the margarine <laughs> sculpture. Because <laughs> we had Sizzler. Ah, uh, okay. And then there's... Is that like Cobb & Co or like Hog's Breath? Yeah, well, Sizzler's sort of like all you can eat. Um, so they have a salad bar that also has like pasta and soup and salads uh, yeah. and chips and all that shit and desserts and stuff as well. And yep. then you could get like a steak. As as, okay. as well, like ordered separately. Yeah. Um, and was around for ages, and then it was at the sort of about maybe six or seven years ago. Mm. They all started to shut down because there was a dude going around putting rat poison in the fucking salad bar, and people were getting super super sick. Psycho, dude, so psycho. Yeah. It's like it, it's it's like uh, the Rajneeshies that that um uh, from, uh. from Wild Wild Country, the documentary. And how they started poisoning the town. It's uh-huh. fucked up, man. <laughs> Stand-up comedian struggled through several takes of his scene in the Joker movie. Stand-up comedian Gary Gullman was having an extraordinary month recently thanks to the premiere of his HBO comedy special The Great Depression and his cameo in Warner Bros. blockbuster comic book drama Joker. But he said recently in an interview that when he shot the scene, so it's him, you've seen Joker. Yeah. It's him, he's the stand-up comedian who's performing when uh, Joaquin Phoenix is in the audience trying to figure out and take notes on how to be funny. But apparently they didn't brief the stand-up comedian. They just said, okay, in this scene, you're a stand-up comedian in a comedy club. And then it's just him doing his set. Yeah. And then he didn't realize that everyone would laugh at the jokes and then Joaquin and Joker character would be like, yeah, and then he he thought it was an extra. He said he did six takes before realizing he like he was just about to hit up the person in charge yeah. of the extras and go, "Can you get that extra to stop doing that?" And and it was then, the whole time. And it was Joaquin. Yeah, purposely like doing the off timing. Do you reckon they purposely didn't tell him? I reckon. I reckon so too. I reckon those moves are always really smart because you get an authentic performance. Like apparently in uh, Goodfellas. They purposely rejected Ray Liotta, like the other guys, because yep. Ray Liotta's meant to be like the outsider of the group, and yep. it shows in the movie. Like he just acts a bit more like a reject. Like stuff that you can do to get a good performance like that, yeah. I respect it. Yeah, and I guess you're only doing it for a certain amount of time. It's like, yeah. you know, like however long the movie goes for. Yeah. I'll be a little pissed off if someone did it Would to you? me. Though. A little bit. Like if someone explained it to me and like this is why yeah. we're being assholes to you. Yeah. I'd be like, I still don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm happy that it happens to people to bring out different performances. Just I just don't want it to happen to me. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm happy to be on set and be one of those people that is like, it's like, oh, okay, we got to like blue that down. I'm like, yeah, okay, for art, I guess. <laughs> And then the, as soon as the shoes on the other foot, I'm just like, no, nah, leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> I know I'm flawed. <laughs> so I got this next news story, Cam, from mm. um, a Reddit page. Okay. A Reddit page that we've had on this podcast before. And the page is, am I the asshole? Okay. And the story that we had from this Reddit page before was the guy that ate all those subs at the at the party. Oh, I vaguely those remember subs. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is a Reddit page where people send in um, questions and stories yeah. to say, this is what happened, am I an asshole because uh, yeah. of this? Yeah. Oh, no, I remember that. Yeah. I think I was on his side. Yeah, yeah, we were both on his yeah. side. All right, so the story is, I made a joke about how weirdly close my colleague's seen with his adult daughter. I work in a rather nice office, so some of the higher-ups make very good money. This colleague does not work in my department, so he is not my boss, but he definitely is much higher up than I am. We were recently seated at the same table for a work-related dinner event in which families were invited. He brought his wife and his adult daughter and son, and I brought my husband. I have occasionally met his daughter a few times when she was a teenager Mm. and she always struck me as a big daddy's girl. Now she's 21 and since she was seated next to her father all night, I got a glimpse at how weirdly affectionate they are together. They would giggle and take goofy selfies. She would give him repeated kisses on the cheek and would tease him about it leaving a lipstick mark. She would link arms with him and snuggle into his neck. They (laughs) held hands and they shared a single dessert and ate off each other's plates. And she had no issues with finishing multiple glasses of wine in front of him. (laughs) It was so weird. The whole night, the whole family was there, but it was like the two of them were sharing every inside joke just then. I could understand if she was a little kid, but she's an actual adult. As we were leaving... As we were leaving, a couple of us from our table were having a smoke and I joked, do you think he is going to bed with his daughter or his wife tonight? (laughs) When they gave me a weird look like they didn't get it, they got it. (laughs) They didn't get it. I said that there was clearly something weird there, but they told me to drop it. Back in the office, a couple of people have just uh, justified me for starting malicious rumours. But it really was just a joke. I'm now worried this gossip will reach him and since he is well-respected and well-liked, people will side with him. I know my joke may have been a bit off-colour, but was it really that bad? Am I the asshole? <laughs> I know for a fact one thing I learnt from that is that the phrase adult daughter <laughs> just has a creepy vibe to it. It does, If eh? you ever want to give yourself goosebumps, say adult daughter. <laughs> Look, I think that this is one of those cases where it's like a little bit of jealousy, I think. Oh. I think that this person, 
it sounds like they've got a really nice father-daughter relationship. Okay. I don't, like, just because, you know, a, a daughter shares a dessert with a dad does not mean that they're rooting each other. It does not <laughs> It does not mean that they have sexual feelings for each other. You are, in my opinion, yes, you are the asshole. Like, this is just a guy that's been like, I've brought my daughter here and instead of just neglecting her and just being like, oh, I'm just going to get drunk with my work colleagues, no. He sits next to her and involves her and makes her have a good night. I was, I, I think that I think there's nothing wrong with that. What do you, the, the, the cuddling into the neck thing, the, the way, see, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't actually think it's that creepy. The way she describes everything is fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a very wholesome read on the situation. I, I feel differently about it. Cause I, <laughs> I grew up, around a family kind of like this and um, where the father and the adult daughter had a very like touchy tickly type of friendship Uh, like yeah family relationship and yeah to me i'm i kind of side with the person who's telling the story like at least she you don't think she's the asshole no i think that she didn't like call the cops and say there's an incestuous thing incestuous thing going on at the dinner table all she did was lightheartedly point out that maybe there's like quite a strange vibe to that dad and daughter um relationship well i think that she is the asshole but i also think two things there's nothing wrong with being an asshole (laughs) and i also think that her work colleagues are assholes as well because if someone said that to me I would laugh and go, huh, that's inappropriate. That's why it's funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a joke. Mm. Um, I reckon by the sounds of it, she <laughs> probably carried on a little bit more than just saying that one line. Uh, I reckon yeah. that I reckon it was one of those cases where she drops uh, the first line, it doesn't, it doesn't land. She goes, Well, I where else do you think she left <laughs> lipstick? Like she she took it <laughs> down a path, you reckon? What hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> all right is that i think that might be the end of my stories yeah that's our um that's the end of our scheduled news stories for the week nice well i've got a good news story to wrap us up is there anything we want to talk about before we dive into that um yeah so one thing <laughs> that, that that we did want to talk about was uh that now we're back up and running and we're going to be working on the regular schedule we would love <clears throat> for people to Start um, sending in good news stories. Uh, sorry, uh, any, any news stories, just any send ins. If you want to send in a good news story, you can. And, yeah. and any story that you want, anything that you find interesting um, news wise or just anything that's out there, just, just let us know. Oh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up before we jump into yeah, the good yeah. news story, just quickly, is the poo jogger phenomenon. Oh. So in the, in the break that we've had, uh, some massive news outlets all around the world mm-hmm. have caught on with, with, with poo joggers. Yep. I would just like to give ourselves a cheers and, and say that we got on there. We got on there early, man. And we got on there way before this became, this became, you know, national and international news. Yeah, it man. was the, uh, it was the early days of the poo jogging. I know. Normally it's us stealing from the project. Yeah. But the project did. <laughs> yeah. Did a poo jogger special. Yeah. And, and like ages after we did our yeah. first poo jogger, poo jogger story. And uh, it's good. It feels yeah, good. Yeah, man. Breaking news. <laughs> We're truly breaking news, Cap. 
So keep sending in news stories and uh, anything to do with the poo jog is always good to send in as well. Yeah. And uh, and uh, we have been asked recently by some people about um, merch and we're about to release some, um, some stuff online uh, that you'll be able to uh, buy merch through and we'll get that um, sent out to you as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. A man returned to his home to find a handwritten note from a firefighter. A New South Wales man returned home this week to find a handwritten note from the firefighters who had just saved his home. Paul had to leave his home 20 k's out of Maxville over the weekend as the bushfires intensified. When he returned home, he found a special note in the kitchen which was signed by the Uranga Rural Fire Service. It said, It was a pleasure to save your house. Sorry that we couldn't save your shed, the note read. P.S. We owe you some milk. He said, that's the best note on my kitchen ben- bench since the morning after my wedding. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Firefighters, what they're doing at the moment here in Australia, going out and, and fighting these crazy fires that have been floating around all through New South Wales and other parts of the country is it's just incredible. It really is, man. It's um, it's it takes just such bravery to go out and do those things, and then to be such a, a nice, polite person afterwards to leave a note like that. You know, it's just good to know there's good people like that out there. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you want to throw some money towards the volunteer firefighters who are helping sort out the issue in New South Wales, then go along to Last Chance. I think it's this Tuesday they're giving half the money that they sell on Palmers to um, firefighters in New South Wales. So go to Last Chance Rock and Roll Bar Facebook page to find the details. And just it's just good to go there because they've got great food yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. It's a good Palmer. And um, say hello to uh, Shane Leanne. And they're also fans of the podcast. And you can go down there and uh, have a little chat chat to them about that. They're great people. Leanne, actually, I haven't told you this. Leanne, send me a message. We have left a whole bunch of merch of our merch in a bag. We must have played a gig there. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, so dumb of me to do this after you're like, yep, we're getting, we're getting on to getting all of our merch sent out. Yeah. Go once we, last chance and buy it there. once we find it. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah. So if you want to buy merch from us, send us a message on Facebook, charging stallion or find us on Instagram. If you want me to read out a news story, go to at charging stallion on Instagram or if you think it's a story that you'd prefer Timmy to read out, then go to the Charging Stallion Facebook page. Thanks for your time. Thank you for your patience. Oh, and one last thing. We have a gig on the 29th of November um, and we're playing at the Tote Upstairs and we will be supporting Meat for uh, their EP launch. Yeah, can't wait. Super pumped for that show, actually. Yeah. And we'll be playing some new songs there that night too. Oh, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready? Let's do it. Thank You've been you. listening to Charging, Charging Stallion, Stallion presents, presents News We Like. <laughs> He's Kev. He's Timmy. Thank you. Some ice dealer wants me 